The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 62 of the MX Vice Show podcast, brought to you by Fire Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstroke, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, TMX21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering. In the studio with me is Rob from Jukebox Beats putting the show together, and on the line is Lewis Phillips, editor of MX Vice and all-round extraordinaire motorcycle journalist. How are you, Lewis? Uh, great. Uh, do I sound crisp to you? Yes. Should uh, do, should do. It's amazing because you actually sound like you're in the studio. I, I, I feel like I am as well. I've now got like feedback in my headphones and everything. Like I, I feel like... And, and they said it couldn't be done. They said that me doing it from home couldn't be done. And look at you now. Proving the doubt was wrong. Yep. Are you sat in your pants or are you fully clothed today? No, I'm sat in my office with two laptops in front of me, a notepad, um, my, my, my board here. So I'm, ready to, I'm properly podcasting today. I'm ready to go. Wow. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. So, a little bit's been happening this week. We obviously had uh, a big Supercross race over in Daytona the weekend, and then we've also had the Italian Championship. So we've had some racing, Lewis. Is that kind of uh, kept you uh, going? Yes, yeah, weird. Um, obviously, we did have Supercross at the weekend. And we had a weekend off beforehand, and it literally, I don't know what it was about that one weekend off, but it felt like an eternity. And it felt weird going, watching Supercross again. It almost felt like it was round one, but there you go. And the Italian championship was, was what it was. It was all right. The racing hasn't been great, but there were interesting enough stories to come from it where it'll, it'll do. It will do. Um, <laughs> it will do. That doesn't sound but very I think that's actually going to be exciting. on their banner. That's actually going to be on their banner for round three. Come and watch the Italian Championship. It'll it do. will do. <laughs> it, it will get you by, just. Um, there's obviously some notable performances, again, um, at the Italian Championship. Any you would like to talk about? Uh, yeah. Do you, want, do, you want, I mean, do you want to go straight into it, or...? Uh, why not? Let's um, let's go straight into it because uh, there was a, a Blenzel performance of the week, hey? Uh, I would say so. Uh, if you want to go straight into that, yeah, I'd definitely... Um, well, it's got to be Thomas Olsen, hasn't it? Oh, it has. That is the yeah. man to speak about at this point. And he's looking good early on, hey? Well, as I said last week, it's not exactly a surprise 
but I don't like Riola was good. Algiro was another step up to the point now where I'm wondering like what is coming. Well, I don't think he's going to be world champion. I don't think he's going to be top five in the world championship. I don't think any of that, but I feel like rookies could be making a splash here shortly. Cause Ben was good as well. Like they, like it definitely feels like this is the strongest rookie class we've had in like a long time. And with, uh, the Icewind team of is Jazakonis and Olsen are still two young riders. There's a lot of potential there, not just for this season, but sort of going forward. Well, that's a good point because Jazakonis is younger than you'd think, isn't he? Like, well younger. But... I think up to last year, he could have still rode in MX2. Yeah, like when, you, like when you think about his um, British Championship career and all of that stuff, like you think he's been around a while, which he has, but I don't think he's that old. I think he might be the uh, same age as me. Yeah, I think he's... No, I think he's... Tw- no, he's I younger. He's 20, 23. He's only, yeah, he's only 23. Yeah, 23, yeah. So um, I think he started... Uh, I might be wrong on this, but I think he started with the MVRD Root Energy 77, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know if that's where he started, but I remember him. Well, in, in the UK, um, I remember him, I think it was probably 2013, probably at Dunn, yeah, I'd say eight years there. ago. So probably 14, 15 years old. So he was... Well, I mean, we're, we're very off topic here. And you also didn't do your Blenzel read, so well done. Well, no, I was going to go back to talking okay. about uh, Olsen, but um, uh, thanks for correcting me. But, um, <laughs> but Jazakonis, <laughs> when he was on the MVRD Honda, he was really nothing special. Like, it wasn't like he was in, Brit- in the British Championship, like, absolutely just like, oh, wow, this guy's going to be a GP rider. It was more like, oh, wow, is this guy going to keep a ride in the British Championship? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but when you think about his age at the time on a 450... Was it a 450 or 250? I, I thought he was on a 250 back then. Yeah, it was a 250. 77 on a Honda. He was number 77, yeah. I think. Or maybe I'm just thinking that because he was Route 77. Yeah, I think I think, he was, I think he was number 77, though. Nah. Well, maybe we should ask him. I'm interviewing Anti Pyrenin later this week, so... Really? Yes. The Finnish Terminator. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while. And I was like... And I, I interviewed Olsen last week, so I was like, well, I'm not going to interview him again. And I was like, well, I'll just interview Anti on his bus. Well, it'd be interesting to hear what Antti is, is kind of thinking because um, we, 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 we talked about, you know, various episodes. We talked about, um, you know, what, what we, we know behind the scenes about uh, Olsen. And, okay, we're, we're giving him the Blenzel performance of the week. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been the secret choice for many championship winning riders and engine builders, from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won a 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel. Nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit blenzel.com and follow Blenzel on Instagram. Go back to Olsen. We kind of, we've, we talked about this. Um, there's huge potential. We knew last year coming into this year, everybody was excited behind the scenes, especially um, the, the personal people around him, the, the close people around him. They seen him on the 450. They knew what was coming. He's kind of got that mix of, uh, he's obviously a big guy. He's not crazy. He, he's kind of quite softly spoken, isn't he? And um, I just think he has all the right qualities to be strong and consistent on that bike. 
Well, yeah, consistency's always been, in, even in MX2, like, I think when we were talking about going into the 2020 MX2 championship, I think we said, like, um, Vial and Gertz would be the balls-out, fastest-lap type people, but Olsen will, could, maybe, obviously didn't, but kill them with consistency. So, but, I don't know, it's, I, I've kind of, I've, I've started to make some, I've mentioned it a couple of weeks now, I've started to make some headway with how I view the MXGP class. Well, well, not to state the obvious, but in MX2, obviously his size was always against him with getting the starts, hey? Against people like Vial and, and people kind of... Well, yeah, know. but that just happens, so, doesn't it? So with 450, you've got, to, you've got to think that that's not going to be too much of a problem. Well, no, but it's also, it doesn't mean he's at an advantage now. He's, I'm not saying that he is, but he's got to be in a better place. Like He's going to start further up the field. If you just watch Olsen and Ben racing on Sunday, it just looks... So like it's coming so much easier to both of them on a 450. It doesn't look like they're slogging a 250 around and like trying to get everything out of it. It just looks now like it's just coming a bit easier, which is, I guess, to be expected. They were the biggest ones in MX2, uh, biggest uh, riders, obviously, size-wise. But the interesting thing about Olsen is, dirty little secret is Husqvarna haven't had most amazing success in MXGP recently. Obviously, um, 2015 Nagel was... 2015 Nagel almost... Well, not really almost, but was on his way to battling for a world championship. Like, he made it halfway through the season with a red plate. So that was great season. Mockpool GP wins, blah, blah, blah. And then since then, 2016 Nagel won one GP. Off the top of my head, this is. Um, Nagel won one top one GP. 2017 Paul Ann won one GP. And they haven't won a GP since. I don't think. Because 2018 was Max and Paul Ann and neither of those won. I don't think. And then, yeah, 2019 was Jazakonis and Jonas and neither of those won and neither of those won in 2020. So, really, actually, now that I say it out loud, kind of a bit worse than I thought. <laughs> what, how long ago was 2016? Five years? 16, you're, 17, 18? You're yeah. lining this interview up of Anti really, really well. Well, no, five years of racing. Five, in five years of racing, they've had two overall wins and not one since 2017. And, but I feel like Olsen could be the one to deliver a new win. And maybe, if I had to bet, I would say no, because that's where the safe money goes. But I would entertain someone try, talking about whether Olsen can win a GP this year. Do you think he can improve that much over the 20 rank series that he could be a contender? Well, what do end? you mean improve? He just smashed Fevra. True. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if I'm being honest, I don't know about Fevra now. He's had, he's had horrific arm part. Wait, first of all, did you watch round two? Uh, do you want the honest answer? Okay, no, that's fine. I think we can all guess where that's going. Also, who do I speak to about getting my £5 reimbursed? From? Um, was it approved? No, but if account? I hadn't watched it, then who would have? Someone had to. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll refund that one then. That's all right, fine. appreciate that. Because um, I'm at £10 now for the first two rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, I got the Supercross video pass for free. So technically, if you want to look at it like that, I'm still £120 up on stream so far this year. But, you know, well, you I shoot paid, for excellence. I paid for mine, personally. Well, that's surprising, considering you couldn't even be bothered to watch the Italian champ. Well... Actually, if, we, if, we, if I'm willing to pay for the 
Supercross Series, surely £10 for Italian Championship you could pay for yourself. I'm and you're loaded. Frugal. And you're loaded. I wouldn't say I'm loaded, but I'm quite frugal. You, you are very frugal, yes. Like, actually, like, when, I tell, when I tell you that on Sunday morning, I was debating my £5 hard. Like, I was actually sat there going, I wonder if there's a free stream anywhere. Like, would there well, be a free stream? Well, I shouldn't say this. Like, big up the Italian Championship. Really, I'm happy to support you. I'm also happy to save £5 if I can. But no, as I was saying, Fevra has basically been destroyed by arm pump at both of the first two Italian rounds. So it is what it is. But I, but I guess, I guess uh, just had a child. Well, he had, COVID, he had COVID as well, didn't he, in the off-season? We said that last week. So I guess, and I guess I kind of thought about this on Sunday as well. Like, you'd need to... Like, I, I, was, I was making notes about what I was seeing and I was thinking things like, oh, I wonder about that, I wonder about that. And I was like, I kind of just had a bit of a epiphany when I was like, we're two months away from GPs. Like, what am I doing? But like, the riders don't care what they're like. I was just like, this, this means nothing. Yeah, you kind of you're you're overanalyzing this. On the flip side, Fevre did have arm pump like bad, mad in Algero, and he said after the race that he's happy still because his speed in the first couple of laps before his arms tightened up was like phenomenal, and, and it he really had the was. fastest lap. Well, lap one. Well, uh, I guess you'd compare it. You Coldenoff was second at the beginning of the race, if I remember right. So you'd compare him to him. He was four seconds a lap faster on lap one, two seconds a lap faster on lap two. Two seconds a lap faster on lap three. So, so basically like, everything you just said at the beginning about uh, Olsen demolishing February is actually wrong. Well, no, well, it's, they both, like, February gets credit for that, but Fe- uh, Olsen also came from outside of the top three. Or did he start third? Either way, he was third back. So, like, credit where it's due. Like, going through Coldenoff and going through February is quite impressive, for a rookie especially. But I can see, I also, yeah, okay, I kind of was saying that my Fevra hype was starting to wane a little bit, but I've decided to backtrack on that because those lap times are quite impressive when I say them out loud. Okay. As, well, as long as you're happy. No, I think I'm, I think I'm happy to stay on the Fevra train, although... No, you know what? I'll stay on the Fevra train for the time being. I'm just shuffling towards the exit a little bit. Okay. Well, that, that really is a fair weather supporter. Like, I'm just kind of like... No, I just don't... Because I was high on the hype not too long ago. And I'm just wondering if maybe I was a bit too high. Well, no, it's, 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 it's the off... Well, we're not... The season's not even started. Yeah, no, I just... How I are want... you even judging someone on just rolling around at the Italian Championship? I just want it to start so bad. And if I talk about it enough, then it, maybe, it'll, maybe, it'll, maybe I can make it so that this was the first GP. Like, maybe someone's going to listen to this and be like, well, it sounds like that was the first GP, and then that's it. This is... Would you... Well, if, if that's the case, should we... The alarm bells start going for Guadagini? I think the alarm bells should quite go in for all the riders that didn't race because they were already 50 points behind. But no, what I was saying about Olsen is true. Like, I, f- I do feel like he could deliver Husqvarna their best results in quite a while. I can, I can kind of see with, with both the riders what Antti's got this, you know, this, this, this year that they're going to be quite prominent, I think, within the championship. But I think they're going to have solid rides with both riders. I'm still not talking about Jazakonis still because... Obviously, we don't know. Like, we don't know. Will he make round one? Will he make round seven? It's the whole situation with Jazakonis is when he's ready to race, he'll race, whether that's round one, whether that's round 17. So I'm like, I'm reluctant to talk about him just because I don't know when he will race. And like, obviously, it's going to be a building process. But 
um, credit where it's due before he got injured last year. And it's funny now that such a serious thing is just called an injury. It was more than an injury, wasn't it? But no, but like it's like it's now look at like now everyone's like, oh yeah, he was injured. It's like, well, no, it was much more serious than that. But I don't know what word you'd use. It wasn't an injury. It was a I don't know what like there must be a word for it. A health scare. I don't know. Um but uh yeah, credits where it's due. Before that crash in Mantua, he was he was already delivering Husqvarna more success than it had in the last couple of years with um Nomoto winning Latvia and he was actually it's kind of overlooked now and rightfully so because everyone focused on the bad part, but he was actually coming along really um really nicely before Mantua. I've seen a lot of videos of him online as well, and he's looking really good on the bike. I don't like the number seven. Why not? Just going to put that out there now. I Seven's much, a great number. I much preferred him with 27. The thing is with numbers, if I may, you've got a, the problem you have with your single digits is they've, you can't have them too small, but you also can't have them too chunky. So like Cooper Webb's number two is the perfect proportion. Like it just sits perfectly. Jazakonis' number seven is too skinny. But then I don't know if you can do much more with a number seven. So it's a real problem. If we had some, if we had a graphic design sponsor, I'd get them on to discuss what the um, what the so so solution where, would be. Where does your skills actually stop? Because now you are <laughs> what a typographist. No, <laughs> is that really, even a word? I, I, I really care about numbers. If I like when I was when I um was a weekend warrior, if I had the sickest gear and the sickest helmet and like I loved all of my setup. That didn't. That meant nothing to me because my numbers needed to look right. Like my numbers had to be the, just like the, they had to look proper. I was number eight for a while, and um, it was too skinny, and then it was too fat. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like Goldilocks oh, wow. and the three and the three um the three. What do you call it? Like this one's too meh. This one's too meh. Oh, this one's just right. Honestly, if there's any medical people uh, within a, a you know. A, psychiatrist background listens to his podcast the fun they would have analyzing you would just be unreal about the wrong things do i still sound crisp to you yes yeah you sound great just like you're in the room but not in the room so it's kind of a win-win that's good no just wondering if we're still on the same quality level no well uh, one thing i want to ask is uh, obviously you've mentioned a couple but who were your standout performers from italy um olsen I was again encouraged by Koldenov. It's funny, Olsen and Koldenov were kind of on the same curve. They both were very good at round one, but each took a similar step up at round two. But copy and paste everything I said about Koldenov last week. I still can't believe in this first ride on Yamaha and first ride back from an injury that serious. But um, he's doing this. So you're pleased with his progress? I, thought it, I just thought it would take a lot while. A lot while? A lot longer? A lot while? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know what that means. You can either take that one way of he's hitting his best level sooner or he's, there's well, more to come. Like, you, Lewis, I don't know what way to go with that. Lewis, I think you'd probably describe it as he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah but then I'm just wondering what the schedule, like what's, what's to come? Is he going to Well, the schedule is for him to be in the top three. That's yeah. a, that would be the schedule. I'll tell you one thing. And I don't know how to, I can't really pinpoint this I think he looks better on a Yamaha but I don't know why really something about the way he was riding looks and I don't even maybe I'm just maybe I'm just imagining it and I'm like I don't know 
you think Recency he suits bias. a Japanese bike. It just looks more... He just looks more planted on a Yamaha. I think that's the word I'd use. Just everything looks a lot more planted. It'd be interesting to get that first interview from him to find out exactly how he's feeling and gelling with the bike and stuff. Yeah, it will be. Do you think you can make that happen? No, we, we were all right. We were all right, me and Coldner. No, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm just saying, okay. do you think you can make it happen? Yeah, he'll be on my list. I've got... Um... Actually, this is a nice little segue. Actually, we need to talk about Ben because obviously Watson Wagon can't let that go. Um, that was good. That, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy. Really glad you pulled that one back. As, um, as the conductor of the show, no, show, the wagon. Yeah. Kind of the bus driver is kind of the guy in, in control, not really the conductor. I think, isn't the conductor, isn't that on a train? No, I like being, the, it's a wagon, so it's not really a bus, it's a wagon. So it's effectively more of a train. But I like being the conductor. I've got a jazzy hat, little name badge. Everyone on the wagon, obviously, being the good conductor, at the end of the round, I went around and made sure everyone was happy with their experience. So, like, all of the fans that have jumped on the wagon. Sounds like your guest relations. Are, really you, happy, are, you, are you happy to be on the wagon still? Was today good for you? Like, and everyone, was, everyone on the wagon was really pleased. Obviously, everyone's social distanced, of course. It's, but it may be a Watson wagon, but it's not, it's not oblivious to what's going on in the world in the moment. And we do have social distancing in place. A bu- yeah, bus conductor. When was the last time you had a bus conductor? Was that, like, 1970s? I, I didn't know. think you knew anything before 2004. But, no, Watson's first motor was really good. Uh, you might have seen the pass he made on Monticelli. Like, he went, similar to Olsen, he went forward through yep. people, which was good. And also, Fevra was behind him, right on him for quite a while, and Watson pulled away from him, um, which was very encouraging for those of us on the Watson wagon. And then second moto, he hit the gate, so it is what it is, but he came through to seventh, and lap times were on par. I think like it's all it's uh, very encouraging and tickets are tickets are well I've got to be honest the Watson wagons all but sold out at this point but good news we have purchased an overflow wagon so if you've managed if you didn't get your ticket first time around there is now going to be tickets available for an overflow Watson wagon where you can still have the experience but you'll just be on a second carriage can, can I ask a question sure um, and excuse me for you know my limited knowledge as I obviously didn't participate in in watching of the the Italian championship. Yes. But how was Koldenov five seconds a lap quicker than Olsen? Well, I was looking at this. I don't wait. So where, what what race are you actually looking at? Uh, Moto One, MX One, Moto One. See, I was looking at this and I couldn't figure it out. Wait, uh, and he's six seconds faster than Watson. Yeah. I couldn't figure this out. I think... I mean, what well, did they, you cut the track? <laughs> I think they've done the lap times wrong. I think... Because no it, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> that's... Because that, I was trying to write about this and I was like, hang on, this doesn't add up. No, I think they've done the lap times wrong because from what I can guess... And Monticelli are 129. Yeah, Monticelli... In the first motor, Coldenoff and Monticelli were 1-2 off the start and their fastest laps are lap one. And I don't think lap, they've counted lap one as like finish to finish. I think they've counted lap one as start to finish, which is obviously a shorter track. Well, the weird thing is, is Olsen's fastest lap was lap one, and he was still five seconds slower. Yeah, so that makes sense, because Olsen was in traffic, but it's a shorter track. So, essentially, the lap times are garbage. Well, that's great. But um, yeah, maybe I started writing about it, and then after an hour, I, was like, I actually was like, well, what the fuck's going on here? So I actually had a proper look at it. And yep. that's, a, that's the 
uh, that's the thing I came up with. But yeah, no, Overflow Wagon is now available for the Watson Wagon. Get your tickets. It's filling up fast. So those were the guys that stood out the most for you? Yeah, I think so. Watson, Colden, or Folsom. Tell you who, actually, one other. Uh, Nicholas Lapucci won MX2, and again, like, I'm just completely oblivious to it. Like, it means nothing to me. Like, and, you know, I just, I've seen it all before. Yep. But Andrea Bonacossi. Yep. I know him well. He was, was it second? Was it the MX2? Yeah, MX2 motor. He was second. And considering he's coming off of a Fantic 125 onto a two, Yamaha 250F, I feel like that's also, he's also ahead of schedule. Okay. So, so Bonacorsi you know is, is your tip. No, it's year, not my tip it? for anything. But I'll tell you what, I'm actually starting to get a bit excited about EMX 250. Because I was thinking of it as the Hawkmo and Sado show. And for those people who don't know, can you explain who Bonacorsi is? He won the EMX 125 championship last year. There you go. But yeah. actually, this brings up another thing that I was thinking. Do you remember 20... I feel like it was 2015. In a press conference at Tushintal, Caroli set made a comment about how, like, Italy doesn't have anyone coming up, so it'll be a while until there's another Italian champion after him. And it was true. At the time, Italy, like, there was just nothing coming from Italy. But now with Guadagnini, Bonacorsi, Italy's kind of re-emerging a little bit. Do you want to know something cool? What? Uh, Bonacorsi was wearing a race kit that we sent out from Even Strokes. What? True story, What, bro. you sent it to Bonacorsi? Yeah. Sent him five sets of uh, Yoko Trey. I have no idea why, and I feel like that's going to stress me out, so I feel like I don't want to know. That's just, just what we do here, It's man. very good, though. It's very good, for, like, seeing as you technically sponsored him, it's very good that you were paying close attention to how he did. Uh, well, I didn't even know he was racing. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I thought I'd wow you, knowing that um, we, we sent our kit to him. But I will... Um... See, that's, fl- that's flustered you now. You're like, no, this is another... I was just wondering whether... I, was, I know you're hosting, but I just was looking at the time to see if we wanted to get into this, but I feel like maybe we will. What, are you trying to sneak something into part one? No, just something that was on my mind. So there's all this Olsen hype at the moment, Watson hype, Koldenoff hype. We're all excited about the Italian championship results. Yeah. Fast forward or rewind. Rewind 12 months ago, and we're in a similar position with Mitch Evans. He was like the most exciting thing to come out of the Italian championship. Like, oh my God, Mitch Evans. Like, uh. Came out swinging at Matley. Uh, everyone was going mental about Mitch Evans. Yeah. Fast forward 12 months on from the 12 months that we just rewound to. You can keep up with that. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Evans is now the most forgotten man in MXGP. So funny how things change. But for, but for completely the wrong reasons, Mitch Evans... So Mitch Evans has been forgotten about, but not correctly. Like Mitch Evans could win GPs this year, still. No? But, but that's that whole thing of recency bias. Yeah, because Mitch was injured in before he got injured, uh, I think he was he was either leading or pushing. No, he wasn't leading. He was pushing to. He was looking really good. I think he's in about third or fourth and coming. Yeah, he was through. in the top four. I remember he was in the top four. Yeah, he, four and, of them and looking like he was he was, you know, he was going to catch first or second. It was looking really really good. But so yeah, yeah I, I think I think you're right. I think when you spoke about the seven riders who could potentially um, 
be winning races next year. I definitely think he made a mistake there by forgetting Mitch. I am... Um, it's not the know. first yeah, time just, you've made a mistake by forgetting Mitch. I just think that Mitch is good. Like, I've been rambling on about how Jonas is a forgotten man. And like, it's like I've gone into the dungeon to find the guy that's been forgotten about. I'm going to message Jonas. Him now. I've gone into the dungeon to see the guy, to find the guy who's been forgotten about. And I found Jonas. Little did I know there was another door to a, another dungeon where old Mitch was locked up just being forgotten about. Did you follow Mitch on uh, social media when he was in um, quarantine? Less said about that, the better. That just shows what happens when you're just stuck, you know, stuck in, a, you know, in, a, in a hotel room. But fair play for keeping the social media going. Mitch could be... I, this, okay, really quickly, we obviously, we'll talk about this in more depth another week. But what I said last week is my big six for the championship are Caroli, Prado, Herlins, Geyser, Fevre, Sewer. Right? Yep. You with me? Yep. Are you, hang on, are you including Koldenhoff now? Because it was six last week. And then we hold included... on, hold on, hold on. Let me get there. So then in, and then in the next bracket, you would have Koldenhoff, uh, Ben, Olsen. Hang Jonas. on, you're putting Ben in the same bracket as Koldenhoff. Hold on, let me finish. Koldenhoff, uh, Ben, Olsen, Jonas, Mitch. Um, I feel like there was an, oh, wait, how about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? There was another rider. Who am I forgetting? Is there a factory rider I'm missing? Monticelli. No. Okay, I think that's it. I, think, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone then. I probably am, and this is going to come back to haunt me. But, so, I think... This is how I see it now. You've got the six established championship people. Uh, Fevra, who I just said, Fevra, Sewer, Geyser, Prado, Herlins, Crowley. Yep. And then below that, you have this group. But Which I think you're slightly one, wrong. Two, I think Koldenhoff should be in that top six. Well, I'm more putting Koldenhoff, if I'm, if I'm doing it properly, I would more have it as Koldenhoff is, well, if you want to do it as an order, Koldenhoff would either be bottom of the six, making it seven, or the top of the one below, like one or the other. Probably would go with the, the... Same position, essentially. But mm. my, this is, if you let me finish. Um, so you've got those six, and then the five riders below it, the Mitch, Jonas, Olsen, Ben, Koldenoff, those are the riders who I realistically can see breaking up that top six, taking podiums, take, like, basically, those are, the six, those are the five riders who aren't established MXGP title contenders, but can do, the da- do some damage. And then everyone else behind them doesn't really have a shot at that. Right. So you're, so you're saying basically anybody outside that top seven doesn't have a shot winning a race? Yes. Unless I, I feel like I had 12 riders, so there might be someone I'm forgetting, but yes. Basically. Really? What? Who, who am I forgetting? So basically, out of, so that top seven that you said about, no one's going to win no, a GP. Top, no, top 11 now. I've just added five below it. The five. Oh. Like, I've just, okay, that's fair enough. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, I'm not being said, funny, but like my eight-year-old could have worked that one out. I've just said, Coldenoff, Watson, Olsen, Jonas, Mitch are the non-established MXGP title contenders who can get in there and steal a podium, steal wins, and like basically get it, like move into that group once the season starts. But then outside of that group, I don't see there being anyone else who can re- like. I see that being your big eleven. Like those riders will be your top. T- like obviously, there's more than ten there. But between them, those, 10, those 11 riders will fill the top 10 at 99% of the races. Okay. Like, essentially, that's bracket one, and then everyone else is in bracket two. You're Jacobi's of the world. 
Okay, yeah, that, it's. I mean, one thing's for sure that 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 whole MXGP um, championship is so deep. Like literally, the, the top twenty is is deep. I um, I found out more about Jacoby's gear. If you want me to circle around to like four weeks ago when I was very confused about his K Dub gear. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a Polish company. Yes. Um, and as far as I can make out, it's kind of like Canvas in America, but not as good. Okay. How, like, how, I, it's a very customizable gear. What, what, what are you saying by not as good? How, how have you come to this assumption? I don't know. Just, it's, I don't know. it's just your opinion. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Brilliant. So if anybody's listening to that, it's just Lewis's opinion. Not no. MX Vice's, just Lewis's opinion. But yeah, no, um, surprisingly, they've got like, Hey, hold on, let me find it. Because I was shocked I'm going to probably downplay the number. And now I think me and everybody else is bored of this. Well, even, they had like, they've got like 200,000 followers on social. Like they're wow. quite a big company by the sounds of it. Indonesia? Maybe. But I'm not, sure, I'm not sure why they've only just come into motocross. I know that towards the end of 2020, um, Jackie Martins was really struggling to find a gear deal for the team. So I'd imagine that that hunt led him to further afield companies. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because obviously they lost shot because shot went to uh, Diga, Progross, Gas Gas. Yeah. Okay. So, can we, can we move on from this, and can we do a helmet competition? Um, can I just say one more thing about Italy? Oh, for God's sake! Yes. If you want proof of, if you want to know how much this championship means to the riders and the teams. Just know that... No one's turning up for the next round? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Everyone's vetoing the last round. No, just know that um, Olsen and Fever are tied for the Super Champion Championship. But not turning up say. for the third one. No, Fever's going. Olsen isn't. So, as far as I can make out now, Koldenoff, Watson, Suo wasn't there anyway, but the Yamaha riders aren't going. Gertz isn't going. None of the MXGP riders are going. They're all, they're, none of them are going. Uh, none of the Husqvarna riders are going. So, as far as I can make, Prado didn't race round two, but he said he'll race round three. Whether that happens, I don't know. So, as far as I can make out, it's Fevra Monticelli, Van Horbick, Prado maybe, and there's a slight, slight chance that Caroli might race, but I highly doubt it. But that's your lineup. Okay. So, yeah. But essentially, it just answers the question of why are they racing this and its convenience because... Well, can I ask you a question? And then this kind of sums up uh, whether it's important or not. Will you be spending another £5 on round three? Probably because when it comes to it on Sunday morning, I'll be like, eh, I quite fancy watching some motocross. But not that frugal then, are you? Well, yeah, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll try and like hack someone's card and get the £5 that way. Brilliant. So this kind of just... no, this proves that why are people racing this championship? It was convenience over desire because the first two rounds were in Sardinia, where Kawasaki Yamaha in in Sardinia Husky... or Sardinia. <laughs> yeah, I thought I butchered that. The first two <laughs> rounds were in Sardinia, where Husky Kawasaki Yamaha were spending their preseason time, and then the second the championships going into mainland Italy, they've all gone. We're out. We're out. Yep. Later's we're done. Right. So, yeah, just it's convenience over desire, supposedly. Also, a uh, funny moment that made me laugh. So, the commentator, who isn't a very good commentator, 
Lewis's opinion, not MX Voices. Uh, if you watched it, I think it's everyone's opinion. He was translating the, the Italian interviews into English, and then Lorenzo interviewed Tim Edberg in English, obviously, and the commentator translated that English interview into English. <laughs> and I have no idea why. Like, Edberg said, said what he said, and then, and then the commentator just repeated it. And then, and then I tweeted about it. And then the next time there was an English interview, the guy went, I don't need to translate that into English because it was already English. And I was like, I wonder if he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> like, that's weird. That's weird to happen five minutes after I tweeted that. I wonder if he's following me. He was. Yeah. No, he's but, not. But also the commentator, he had Marnik Bavotes in there as like a co-commentator. And he said to him, and this was just as the MX1 moto was just about to begin. And he said to Marnik, so you've got Gertz and Watson on your team this year. And I was just like, Ben Watson's two minutes away from making his 450 debut. You should really know that and not that he's, you should really know that he's not on the MX2 team and that in a minute he will be making his 450 debut, which is probably why 50% of the people are tuning in. He sounds like my Italian counterpart. Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, just two things that stuck out in my head, even days on. Brilliant. Right. I have a little moan. Let's wrap up part one. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, SupercrossLive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzel Oils, TMX21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering. We will be back to talk about the Fly Racing Formula Helmet Competition next. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. 
Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 62 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Let's get straight into it. This is what a lot of people have been waiting for. The Fly Racing Formula Helmet competition. Yes, we will be giving away one of the Formula Helmets. This is not a joke. We've already given away one. We're going to give away helmet number two. Here's the question. Which Fly Racing Formula Helmet rider is high in the 450SX standings at the moment, immediately following Daytona? Answers to MX Vice on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. So DM us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email lewis.phillips at mxvice.com with your answer. Uh, just to be clear, because James is Ron Burgundy, and I wrote that out for him, and I made a typo, and he read the typo out without blinking. It's obviously, the question is obviously, which fly racing formula helmet rider is higher or the highest in the 450SX standings at the moment? So which fly racing formula helmet rider is best placed in the 450SX standings at the moment? Okay, and this is great because um, as they say, a worker is only as good as the tools they use. The, um, I'd like to congratulate our two previous winners of the fly formula helmet. Uh, Carl, Hutchings, Carl Hutchings from the UK and Jacob Corder from Canada. Oof. Oh, Canada. Speaking of Canada, weird one. I've had two people from Canada message me this week saying that they've never followed MXGP, but they want to start because they like this podcast. And how can they do it? Really? And I was like, and I was like well, what do, you, like, what do you mean? How can you do it? And they're like, well, how can I watch the races? And I'm like, oh, MXGP TV. And they'd never heard of it. No way. Yeah, they were like, what? Oh, wow, this is just like my Supercross video pass. And I was like, yeah, it's exactly the same. Like, it's, everything's on their qualifying races, uh, motos, archives. So that's quite cool. Oh, Canada. We've actually got quite a lot of listeners from Oh Canada. Well, I think it's, it's one of those things. Like, we, A lot of the times, you know, we're quite blasé about everything. In, you know, we don't explain stuff. When actually, sometimes we do need to break stuff down. Like, for people like me. Yeah. Yeah. So... Fly Racing Formula Helmet competition. Which Fly Racing Formula Helmet rider is best placed in the 450SX standings at the moment? You, For example, you've got riders to choose from, like Osborne, Brayton. Which one is higher up in the 450SX standings at the moment? And if you want to email your answer, it's L-E-W-I-S, L-E-W, yep, that's correct, dot Phillips, P-H-I, double L, IPS at mxvice.com.com.com. Jesus Christ, you didn't know how to spell your own name. <laughs> oh my God. I said it too quick and I was like, wait, what did I just say? Oh my God. Wow. Okay. But thanks to um, Fly Racing for giving us another helmet to give away. We had a lot, of, a lot of answers on the last one, so I'm ready for it this time. I'm ready to field and collect everyone's names. So, yeah, just drop the answer through one of those four methods, Instagram DM, Facebook DM, Twitter, or email, and you'll get entered, and then winner will be announced next week. Excellent. I'm glad you cleared up everything, including how to spell your name. 
Well, some people don't know how to spell my name because obviously you can spell Lewis with an E. You can spell Phillips with one L. Um, some people spell Lewis, L-O-U-I-S. Ooh, how about do some research? It, it, it doesn't take two minutes to just go onto the website and find out exactly what your name is. Well, I like to make things... Um, it's the information age we're in. This is the information age. I'm providing the information. Yeah, it's called Google as well. I, I like to be everyone's personal Google. Oh, I'm sure you do. Okay, let's, let's just move on. Uh, obviously, you're probably wondering what's coming up on the MX5 show today. We've had Blenzel Performance of the Week, as you know. Uh, we've also got Leah Askwise Anything, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, and also the shittest game in the world. Even strokes, are you smarter than a birth? Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. What have you done to it? What do you mean? Well, I'm just looking at your notes, and it says... I feel like people are now realizing not everything you say on this show is written by me beforehand. Well, it is because you're such a control freak. No, I, you just... Literally, before this show, I had a, a, a basically a conversation with Lewis about what I can say and what I can't say. Yeah, pretty much. So basically... Last, I'd like to apologize to, for the show last week. It wasn't the best and that has forced me to take action and we are, I am now firmly holding James's hand through the podcast process. Such an asshole. You know, I am not allowed to talk about Dougie. He said... Oh my God, who the hell cares? He said literally, you cannot, about mention, you. you cannot mention Dougie because it's not even my dog. I said I only mentioned Dougie because he was in the bloody room embarking. You, you completely ignored. Oh my God, who the hell cares? That's new for this week. Yeah. Geez. That's new. Everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, I've got something new for this week, and uh, actually, I, I do get quite. Anyway, a lot you didn't. You didn't finish talking. You didn't tell people what it says on your notes about the even strokes game. Oh, it says it's got a crappy twist at the end. It's the notes for James says even strokes. Are you smarter than a birth with a twist? That is coming at the end of this show. It's the end of the show. Even well, strokes. Are you smarter than birth? With I, a twist. I just want Let's to just this. say I've made it easier for James to win and also added a bit of entertainment value. I just want to put this out there. Um, I haven't really got a question for uh, Liat Ask Vice. No, no one wants to hear this one minute to, um, video off your phone. And uh, let you know that um, I think you're great. I don't think you should be chucked off the pod. And I think Lewis is full of shit. Exactly. So, listen, thanks, Carl Richards, for the support. And thanks to everybody else who's messaged me this week uh, saying that Lewis is a douchebag. Well, I haven't um, kicked you off, have I? I've just held your hand. And I've, rather than turn my back on you, I'm trying to make you better. You're welcome. I, I feel like I'm now living in China and under a communist regime and you're ding dang D who's sat at the top telling me what to do. Well, and, you've you... just, and you've just literally took the adverts off of my um, internet. What? Oh, you, you're now um, controlling absolutely everything. Well, um, prove yourself to me. If you, if you can... So far, you've done okay. This is much better than last week. So let's continue. I think now, if you, if you follow your notes package, you now want to read Technical Touch because they're presenting mm. part two of the show. Yeah, as well as uh, 
everything else was going on, I would like to announce that the British Motocross uh, podcast show will be back next week. It will okay, be... Okay, you've also told everyone that about 17 times in the last 12 months. It will be available on so, Friday. There's two new, two new co-hosts, and uh, I will be able to say whatever the hell I want. I will be pulling it... I will be in charge of uploading it, so if you say whatever the hell you want, it won't be uploaded, just FYI. This is MX Vice. This isn't some... Everyone gets a podcast. Okay, there'll be a new website, website next week. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this is MX Vice. We actually have quality control at MX Vice. So if you don't cut it, yeah. We have, remember when we started this show, we, this we didn't is even MX start, Vice with the communist regime. We didn't start MX, this podcast. We didn't start it with episode. Oh, one. Lewis, Lewis, the leader. It, we started it with a pilot. That's because that's what we would do. Quality control. Yeah, pilot you, penis. Part two is presented by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of the factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. Used by the likes of Jeremy Seaway, Jaeger Gertz, and Ben Watson, you can too experience the best in suspension. Go um, to HTTP. What now? I continue. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am going to fucking go on strike in a minute. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just interested that you've read that read many, many times, and today. <laughs> You've put You've in decided Gertz. that instead of calling Gertz Yago, his name is now Yago. <laughs> I could call him whatever the fuck I want. I could call him Dave Gertz if I really want to, as I'm reading it out. But I cannot believe that you've just stopped me through a sponsor's advert. How well, unprofessional. Well, no, whether he's Yago or Yago, he chooses to use um, KYB's technical touch suspension. Honestly, why don't you just... What, do, you, do, you, do you just want to... Why don't you just have the Lewis Phillips... Actually, I'm going to fucking strike... Why don't you just uh, why don't you just carry on? You've got the notes in front of you. No, it's why fine. You, I believe in why you. Why don't you do the show, host the show, talk to yourself and everything? Um are you are you alright? No. No, I'm not alright. Funny enough. Will this help? Does this make you feel better? You can stick your sounds up your ass. Does that make you feel like No. This is another stupid happier. thing you've got. <laughs> Again, control. <laughs> Guess who's got the control buttons, everybody? <laughs> James asked, James said yesterday that he was going to order a soundboard and I told him no. Honestly, it's fucking war. Because he can't, he wouldn't, he, James, as everyone might know, by listening to this, James would just hit these buttons over and over and over and it would just be an unlistenable podcast. But anyway, on the show. Unlike this, of, with the Lewis good Phillips questions this week. communist regime. Right, well, can I, can I carry on now without you interrupting me? Sorry, you continue. Okay. Welcome to this week's Liat, Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot to their range, the all-new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Liat 5.5 FlexOp boot, with advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. Euros. So, 
Do you want to go straight into it, Lewis? Yeah, let's do it. We've actually, um, I think we've got some good questions this week, if I remember rightly. Okay. At Blake Maitland, just a thought. What if the MX2 age limit was moved to 25 and you can only be forced out if you have won three world titles? Go, Lewis. Oh, okay. As I've, I've said a few times, I'm not hell-bent against the um, 23 rule. Right now, both Ben and Olsen have been forced out of MX2, and I kind of feel like it's not the wrong time. Like, I feel like, it's, like both of them are clearly ready to go. So 23 isn't that bad. 25 wouldn't be terrible. You know what? This, this is just splitting hairs, but I feel like 24 would be perfect. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, I, I really like that you can be... For, like even if, even if the age limit is kept at 25, yeah. I mean 23, sorry. If it's kept at 23 or moved to 25, I do like the you can be forced out if you've won three world titles. Well, Ryan Sykes was 36 on an MX2 bike in Supercross. Yeah, he killed my fantasy team. But did that make any difference to... Well, no. It's... To anything. No, it doesn't make it... Well, no, but Ryan Sipes is not the example. Christian Craig is 85 and been in the 250 class for about 20 years. Yeah, but again, Christian Craig isn't... I, th- I don't feel like that's why the age oh, was what? there. Because he, well, he looks maybe, young. Well, no, I was just going to say because... He like, moisturises. He's not dominated. He's not. Oh, ba- so basically, you're allowed in as long as you dominate. Really makes sense, does it? Um, no, no. I-, I think the age rule now is bollocks. I it's, like it. It's I genuinely, what it's done. I don't think it's that bad. But yeah, isn't but it's that what, what you got EMX two fifty for? Yeah, but you could. That's well, I've said that before, haven't I? Rather than change the EMX two age limit, I would change the EMX two fifty age limit to twenty one or twenty. That's that would. I would leave MX two alone, but I would move my attention to that. That's what I would check, just just to squeak the wheel, uh, grease the wheels a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I, no, I, I like I like all of those ideas, and but I kind of feel like we've done the age rule now for so long that I feel like we're married to it. Like I, I feel no, I almost feel no. like it would be stranger if it changed no. because that's kind of MX like it's kind of now history in a way. Like it's kind of it's set in stone now, and it's like okay, that's the way things work. I think everybody could have had an argument until you, you look at sort of Supercross this year. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with anything. It's a regional series. Like, it doesn't matter. You got, like, at the end of the day, it comes down to ability, not your age. So you could be any age you want and ride anything. It, it's your ability which gives you the, you know, makes you win. Well, that's not so, how Supercross so, works. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you've got Jet Lawrence, who's, what, just turned 17? And he will probably be kicked out of the 250s before he turns 23. So, like, so what's the difference between Jet, um, who's 17, and Christian Craig, who's 85? Okay, so you don't know how the American system works, do you? I don't really care. All I'm saying is it makes no difference with the... Rather age. than, rather than if, GPs... If Jet, if Jet Lawrence is good enough, he's going to be Christian Craig, yeah? Rather than GPs where you kicked out solely... It's not like, oh, I got, I got beat by him because he's 31. Rather than GPs he's got where fourteen you're years, that's not the idea. That's me. not the idea with anything. You've completely misunderstood the concept of the age rule with that. Like no, you haven't. You're so far out from the idea. No, I haven't. That, the, the difference is GPs. You're kicked out based on solely on your date of birth, no matter what. Whatever it says on your ID, that's the rule. Supercross, you're kicked out on your ability, which may be when you're eighteen. 
or never. If you can score X amount of points three seasons in a row, then that's you done. So it's, it's based on skill, not your age. Both, as I, I think I've said this before as well, that rule gets criticized just as much in America because both have faults, both have strengths. You're never going to find a perfect but, but they solution. Had that. So I think you have to settle to near perfect. But they had that. They had a one two five world championship, a 250 oh, world okay, championship, and 500. Talk- okay, let's bring back one two fives. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. let's bring back the two-strokes while we're at it. That'll make us happy, wouldn't it, James? Oh, such a dick. The late, great Eric Gaboras could ride all three bikes and win world championships. That was because he was an amazing rider. Move on. Like, we're... like. That's that's history now. One two five two fifty is a history now. I'm not that's not even bring relevant. Back one two five two fifty. I'm just giving you an example of yeah, a rider who was amazing and could ride any bike. He it won doesn't world championships because motocross. he was the best rider on that bike. It doesn't apply to modern motocross. How, it how does it not? Because it's moved on from that. Like we've now we haven't got free bikes anymore. We've got we've not got. I'm not saying that we have. All I'm saying is that a rider shouldn't shouldn't be in a class because of age. Okay, age rule's gone. Hurlins drops down and wins every single moto in 250s. Are well, you going to be sat on this podcast going, that's awesome? Or are you well, going to be sat on it we, going, we know I that's, wish he was in MXGP? We know that's not the case because he self-explodes. Okay, that's, now you're just splitting hairs. Next question. No, I'm not. Next question. I'm not. It, look, at the end of the day... Okay, if, if Prado, Prado drops down and yeah, wins every Prado, single moto. Yeah, and, 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 and it takes somebody to be better than Prado to beat him. That, 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 that's the high idea, isn't it? You're the best rider in, in the world. Okay, you're damaging the product at that point because all we're going to be on this podcast going is, oh, I wish Prado would go into MXGP and race against Crowley and Hurlins. Wouldn't, oh God, wouldn't that be good? Because that's, that's all we're going to miss. That's all we're going to want. And, what, and, then someone in, and then that will happen. And then in seven years' time, someone will go, you know what? Has anyone ever thought about doing an age rule? And then we'll go, that's a, that's a good idea, isn't it? Because that's how the world works. One, what you, what you have, you hate until you don't have it anymore. And then give it, and it works in cycles. Give it 10 years. Everyone thinks that's an amazing idea. Give it another 10 years. Everyone wants it gone. And then so on and so on. It's just the way the world works. But what about those people who, uh, at the age of 26, it clicks? And they're Can, in tune Name with, an example. I'm just, well, we can't, can we? Because the age rule's 23. Yeah, but people, you can still have it cl- like um, Usman's got a ride in MX1, MXGP, so he could he could click at 26. I, I have not said about who's got a ride and who hasn't got a ride. All I'm saying is that a rider finds greatness at different ages or a player or whatever. Uh, look, look at a football player at a certain club. Look at an American football Look at anybody. At a certain time, things go right for them, and it could be at a certain age you know, life experiences. It could be anything. But at that time, they're right at that time. And so I'm you just... think we're missing out, you think we are missing out on world champions. There are, there are world champions out there who we have just missed because of the age rule. Yeah, absolutely. So you think that there's someone out there who could run with the hurlings of the world who we've just missed a boat on because of but, age? But that's, that's just like the same, oh, I could have got the same lottery numbers this week if I I'd known excited. what they were. I am excited for people to listen to this and see who they side with. Look, at the end of the day, the age rule was brought in by Ustream to increase the quality in MXGP. That was their words. Okay? I'm happy with how it, I'm happy with the quality in MXGP. And Don't I'm take not that say- away from me. Listen, I'm not saying it's wrong. All I'm just saying is that you should be able to ride an MX2 bike at whatever, how age you want. 
And if a team wants to pick a 31-year-old to ride their bike, which they probably won't do because it's, you know, the whole market and social media and all the rest of it, they might not want that. However, a rider should be able to ride whatever the hell bike he wants without, like, being aged out, in my opinion. My point is, Prado went up way before he had to. Ben and Olsen both said that if Fiedro was there or not, they would be going up anyway because they've done with the 250. And that's like, not a problem. Vial, there is no chance. I would bet all of my money right now, Vial will be on a 450 before he's 23. And do you know what? And I, I'm not against that. If that's what they want to do, that's absolutely up to them. If little fucking Billy on a 65 wants to go 450, let him. All I'm saying is that you, people in the MX2 shouldn't be penalized. Yeah, but what you're actually, you've, you've completely taken the wrong side of the argument because what you said is we're missing out on world champions. No, no, no. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What if the MX2 age limit was moved to all at 25? I'm saying, what if we didn't have an age rule? I'm not yeah. saying anything else. All I'm saying is there shouldn't be an age rule. Yeah, but not... you're say, yeah you, and you're saying we're missing out on world champions because people click at different times. No, no. We're, we're having, we're experiencing world champions because of the age rule. Because if there was no age rule, Vial would never have got a shot, would never have even been looked at. Vial would have just not been anywhere. Well, fucking that, hell, Lewis, I that's, believe that's that. called life. Well, just so, what, yeah, but what, so well, now you're arguing odd, against yourself. No, because the odds because in life aren't... not clicking until you're 26 and missing your opportunity, that's also called life. That, honestly, no, that's just ridiculous. That's just like saying if... Um, Microsoft and Apple wasn't developed at the same time, then Microsoft would be even bigger now. But because, well, you're just saying that because two things have happened at the same time, they've taken the opportunity. So if, if Vial, um, so, so basically you're saying Vial, yeah, is uh, the reason why he's won a world championship is because Prado's not there. No, you've completely missed the point. I've said there would have never been a lead to look for a talent like Vial and search for that next big thing because they would have had unlimited options for MX2. But instead, they went looking and they've unearthed a rider who has the ability to do the job and they've managed to nurture that. Whereas without that, uh, without having to look for that person, yep. Vial never would have been found. But that, so, so can you not take that same, that same scenario and apply it to anybody who's over the age of 23 who could have been that good, as good as Vial on, a, on an MX2 bike? Well, no, because it, again, it's just they, not they like... That opportunity because of the age rule. So the same opportunity was presented Vial is actually the same opportunity that has prevented anybody over the age of 23. How can you even argue with that? This is boring me, but I will, I, this is boring me, so my final thought is, like I say, you're, you're saying people are missing, I'm saying this is opening up more. Yeah, there's two sides of the coin. You're saying that it's creating opportunities. I'm saying it's um, also... Uh, the same aspect as creating opportunities, it's also uh, reducing opportunities. No one's looking, no one's going to be looking, if there's an opportunity between a 19-year-old VL and a 27-year-old VL, everyone's going to take the 19-year-old at all points. So either way, even if this 27-year-old can race MX2, no one's going to pick him because why would you? Lewis, What's if you wanted side? to dress in a women's dress and walk around your house, that's up to you. No one should be telling you you're too old to do that. If you want to ride an MX2 bike and you're 26, you should be able to ride an MX2 bike. Next. This is Bobby now. Next. At Kevin C430, what did you think of Ben's ride this week? Also, could they hold a GP at that track? Um, 
I thought Ben was really good. I was at like uh, pushing the results to one side. I was very encouraged by the way he looked on the bike and the way he rode. So I thought I think that just like Olsen, I think it's going to be a good year for the rookies. And I thought that track was meh. Like no no way they could hold a GP on it. And I don't really think it was that suitable for a 450 professional race. Wasn't no. that to the scratch what you well, it usually was, it see was just GPs? quite narrow and like one lined and like small. It was just small, basically. It was just small. No, not for me. I'd actually, I would, I would be happy if that track would never appear on the Italian Championship schedule again. Looks <laughs> nice. It's got a nice backdrop, but like, no, not for me. Okay. Not for me, Kevin. Okay. I'm sorry about that, Kevin. At Chris United 93, would you like to see night races in Europe? What tracks would suit it? I think Matali would be perfect due to its layout. Um, I would say Matali would not be perfect because it covers such a wide like, surface area that the amount of lights you would need to light up that whole place would be a nightmare. I, do, I don't know, though. I don't think I'd want to see a night race in Europe. Because Qatar was cool. It's, I don't think I think it would just lose its effect in Europe. I feel like the night race for the first round works perfect because it's the first round and it just adds another layer of like this is special. Charlotte was really again it just because we're in America and because there were the wild cards and stuff like that. It being a night race just added another layer of like this is special. Whereas if one of the European GPs became a night race, I think it would just be a bit like, a bit more Blair. So I'd like to see a night race. What about something, um, what about something, because I never went to Imola, but what about like a night race at Imola? Because obviously you've got the facilities there. I just think it would, I just don't think, I just think it would lose its effect in Europe. When you like, what I don't, I just can't imagine it being cool in Europe. I can imagine it is cool everywhere else in the world, but in Europe, I just imagine it being like, blah. I don't know. I could imagine Spain and Italy just because of the temperatures and, you know, the nice well, That's another thing. Yeah, you are very limited. Like, it's going to be cold. So then, like, fans... And, like, you've got to think, like, I don't know, just blah, basically. But... But um, as, as I mentioned, um, obviously it's not Europe, but Qatar worked really well, I thought. I want Charlotte back. I would... If someone... If someone... If In Front Motor Racing came to me with, like, a button that said, like, bring back any race... I would smash it for Charlotte. What, what did the riders think about it? can't remember. I, loved, I don't think they got a word in in my interviews because I was just telling them how much <laughs> I loved it. Told them that their opinion doesn't count. <laughs> At Braden underscore boot, does the Moto win change how you view Glenn Koldenhoff's 2021 season? The Moto win doesn't because like, it's an Italian championship and it's early in the season and whatever. Like, I don't think... Like, it's not, it's not a supr- no one thought that Glenn Koldenhoff couldn't win a Moto in the Italian championship. I think no, and it, maybe not this early. With like I said, with the things that I mentioned, but if if Coldenoff is Coldenoff, I think everyone thinks he can win a moto in the Italian Championship. Jesus, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little bit biased. I, you know, I've been to those races where I've seen Coldenoff just on another level. So I, I'm I'm a big fan of of. of I have him down yeah. to win one to two GPs this year. Yeah, Latvia last because because and solely because of Latvia last year because Latvia last year everyone was there and he showed up which was obviously what I was waiting for. So Latvia last year has given me the encouragement that he will win one to two GPs this year. But 
more than that would be a stretch because again, you've got to think Hurlings and Geyser and Prado are going to take a shed load. I don't know, but it's this is the whole thing. This is that whole debate about Koldenhoff. Is the fact that you know we were there at Redbud, you know, we, we seen that ride, and it's yeah, like you, it's just he's, he's capable. Thing, yeah, but I know, but he's still capable of it. Yeah, no, and that's it. That's why I have him down for one to two GP wins. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter who's on the line. He's capable of winning. Yeah, and that's that's why I have him down for one to two. But I think if whenever you're looking at a season with like this, you can't you can't pretend that Hurlins, Geyser, and Prado aren't going to take a lot of the GP absolutely, wins. and you'd be a fool not to. But there's always opportunities for others to sneak one or two. Hang on a minute. An opportunity. What? What other riders do you think would be? Well, no, like would say that like, I don't think I've got Feather in that sick. I've got Feather in that that lead group, but I don't think he's going to get. I'd say one, two, three GPs for him as well. Like I just think that a lot of the major the majority of um the majority of GPs are going to go to Prado, Herlins, and Geyser, and probably well maybe Crowley, but I have no idea what Crowley's going to be like because we haven't seen him healthy in forever. So that is a mystery. Okay. Uh, maybe a ve- maybe an exciting mystery because he might just turn up and be 2017 Crowley. Okay, I'm just going to say this to you. Koldenhoff takes the first three ranks. What? What, what are you thinking? Wins the first three overalls? Yeah. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, well, this is different. It's just no no one is winning the first three rounds. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like Hurlins won't win the first three rounds. Guys, I won't win the first three rounds. Prado won't. Well, Prado I'm just saying win. that if Koldenhoff took the first three rounds, would it change your opinion? On what? Well, yeah, obviously, because I've just said that he'll win one to two GPs this year. So take him three, three in a row. You would so definitely already... think he's, he's he's a contender. But that's this is this isn't this next question because this isn't even a you can play this game with everything. If Hurlins wins. If, if Hurlins goes perfect for the first half of the season, will you then make him your favourite for the title? Like, uh, yeah. No. Okay. Because I've learned from last year. Okay, that's ridiculous. That's also ridiculous. Next question. At Little Chris Cram, thoughts on TKO. Does he have what it takes to mix it up a bit with the usual suspects when we start racing? I think he'll mix it up. Will he get that win? A moto win? Definitely a qualifying race win. I've said it before. This is how I look. I always look at it like a qualifying race win is more more obtainable, and that's like the building step. Like if you can get a qualifying race win, then you are you have unlocked the door to the next stage of the game, which is winning a moto or an overall. So I look for that to be the place where like Ben and Olsen break through. But I don't know. I like. I would want to maybe put him down for an overall, but it's, there's, I, there's not enough room on this bit of paper. At this point, there needs to be like 47 rounds for everyone to get one. So probably not, but I think, that, I think podiums for sure. Okay. But I will say this. I will say this. It's very different when a GP start. Bit like, okay, okay, it's all fun and games now. Like, it's all like woohoo. But very soon, Fevra and Koldenoff are going to be better. Like, Fevra won't be dealing with um, arm pump. And then you're going to be adding Crowley Geyser, uh, Prado Hurlins back to the mix. And they will be better 
the pace at the GPs is going to be another step up. So you can't lock anything in just based on the first two well, rounds. It's let, definitely looking encouraging. Let me ask you this. This is my question, right? Uh, I think what's interesting is you look at last year's um, rookies, yeah? So, you know... and we're, Who were we, we're, the rookies last year? Exactly. We're Mitch. talking about two forgotten riders. Flanderen. Flanderen scored oh, a couple yeah. of fifths. Oh, Flanderen's the most forgotten about rider. Exactly. Jesus. We've He's not even talked th- about him. He's in another dungeon. He's in the dungeon further along from Mitch. But Jesus Christ, top five. Yeah, Vlanderin's going to be good. Right, okay. Top five, right? So, so we've for- we completely forgotten Vlanderin. Uh, we've completely forgotten Evans. And, and we've looked at what they've done in their uh, you know, debut rookie season. You've got, that, that gives you a, an idea of what Watson and Olsen. And then you start throwing all four into the mix. Because oh, surely Vlanderin's going to be better um, next year. He's going to have a year on that bike. You know, all the little niggles and bits and pieces are on the team are all sorted out. We've seen what happened at the start of last year, which hampered all three riders. You know, th- that's gone. That's done. We've, we've got Vlanderin, um second year, way better than last year. We've got Evans coming back, um, and we've already seen what he can do. We're not even talking about those guys. I'm a terrible person. I, 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 d- I didn't want to say anything, mate, but I am a little bit worried about you, because that oh. is a big miss. At this point, Jonas is overhyped. I've been going on about how Jonas is forgotten about. At this point, he's overhyped. Um, well, did, I guess, am, well, am I, I guess wrong? Three, or did Vlandering get two? Did he get a top five twice? Uh, yeah, in motos, I think. I think he but, did, um, yeah. I think, well, I think the only reason Vlandering's being forgotten about is because he's recovering from ACL surgery, which means that he's like very much not in the... He's not, there's not videos of him riding on social media and there's not all this... Sure, which is a bit like obviously Mitch, who's had the is it shoulder surgery yeah. again? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess the same thing. That's why, uh, well, wrist, but I guess the same thing. That's why Mitch, we've only just started talking about Mitch again, is because he has yeah also been in the background. But there's two there's two riders there. Which why shouldn't they be? In yeah, it? I'd put Vland, I'll put Vlandering in that group I said earlier to make it. So there you got tw- you there you've got your top twelve at most races. Okay. At P Waz 0706, is Jeffrey Hurlins going to race any preseason races, Dutch, Italian, or British Championship? Uh, he always does the Dutch, so I'd imagine he'll do the Dutch. I think there's two rounds before the first GP. So just nicely, I think a lot of people are going to be doing those, aren't they? Oh yeah, it will be a GP. It will be proper GP. Like I don't know what they because obviously at the Dutch Championship, like in the British Championship, you get a lot of like local what well not local but national wild wild cards. Will we be seeing MX Vice covering oh, yeah, that championship? There's, no, there's absolutely no two way. Even if we don't want to, we've got to. Like it's going to be. To be so, honest, I, I think there's a Dutch Championship the week before us. Oh, even better. So I might just go over for that and then not come back and just stay there that week. Yeah. Well, that's good. You heard it here. MX Vice will be at the Dutch Championship. Everyone, I'm, there doesn't seem to be much positivity about us running. No? No. Well, well I think I've said, haven't I? Have I said? It's in, the, it's in Oss's contract that they won't run the GP without fans. Like, in order for them to fulfill their contract, they need to have... Um, X amount of fans. Right. If they haven't got the fans, then it's going to be impossible so, for them to... Yeah, so they just don't run the event. So, not... There doesn't seem to be much positivity about it, but that doesn't mean GPs wouldn't start on May the 3rd, if, uh, 23rd, if that goes tits up, because... Maybe Are we looking Latvia. at Matali? No. Latvia. I like that. I think Latvia. Latvia makes a lot of sense, I think. What, is round one? Yeah, why not? It's already... It's, it's going to be round three, so you just shut it forward a couple of weeks. I don't see why that would be a problem. I fully, well, I fully expect to see Matley on, on the 
calendar this year? I do. I do. Okay. Owen Martin. Wow, this is a long one. Uh, would Tim Geiser still be where he is today had he not signed with Honda for, for 2014? Was he always going to be this good no matter what brand he was on? As some riders gel with certain brands and just can't get comfortable on others. Or was the pairing so well with the Honda a major factor? Bearing in mind that although it wasn't his most dominant year, in the past 13 years since Crowley's 2007 Yamaha title, he is the only rider to win the MX2 Championship, not aboard a KTM. Loving the podcast. Keep up all the great work. Thank you, Owen. Um, I don't think it's Honda-specific. Like, I think... Because he won is... his Europeans on uh, KTM, didn't he? Um, I, I'm not going to answer that at this point. Is that because he won the 125, but he didn't win the MX250? Nope, I'm not going to answer that at this point. You'll see what? why later. Oh, um, oh okay. Um, <laughs> that's going to be one of the questions, isn't it? You'll see why later. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not it's not I don't think it's Honda specific but the difference is Honda he got on a ladder with Honda so whatever what was, he manufacturer, was he very small whatever manufacturer was going to be the first to give him an opportunity to like have factory equipment and then a clear roadmap up through the like through the classes like it was going to work wherever it's Geyser like it's not like if he was on a Yamaha he'd be sucking so I think it's more a case of Honda were the first to give him that roadmap and that structure and that. Was it Honda or was it Garibaldi? Well, it was well, it was Garibaldi Honda, but the same year that Geyser signed with them, they also became like HRC affiliated. Like that would be an interesting whatever. question for Roger. Well, it's what what it came about. Yeah, like the whole the whole how did how did Tim get this this ride? Was it was it Roger and Honda looking at the talent? Or was this Garibaldi who's kind of got his, you know, finger on the pulse and, and seen him as a potential winner? I mean, that is a big blow for KTM as well. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but like they're doing quite well. I'm not saying that they're not. The I'm just day, saying that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big rider to lose. The two riders that they were nurturing at the same time have come off well. So what would, like, they, didn't, they literally didn't have room and they also have no regrets because the two riders, the two riders they were nurturing paid off. So, hmm. I mean, the MX2 championship thing, that was just a bit of a chaotic season. Guys are missed rounds. Everyone missed rounds. Like it was just, it was just like a chaotic season. So it's not like he was dominant on a Honda 250. But maybe the, the fit seems well. Maybe it's because Tim is number one at Honda. Maybe he wouldn't have been number one at KTM with, with Jeffrey in, in. I don't think it's that either. Tony well, I think he's kind of got the, the love, the support. It's all about. It is about Tim. No, Mitch gets just as much. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's. You kind of are. Well, I'm not saying that. I, I'm, so, so you think that it's a like for like? Yeah, for sure. That's what every team is, pretty much, apart from. The smaller teams that have, can't really afford to do that. Okay. So for uh, guys, I moved to Garibaldi in 2014, and it was that 2014 season where Garibaldi Honda started a new cooperation and challenge with HRC, and will benefit and benefited from the full technical support of the Honda CRF250Rs. So those two things happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. Next question. Okay. At Chris United 93. Ooh, two questions. Favoritism there. 
Is Steven Saw's career underrated along with Billy McKenzie? I think I've said this before. Steven Saw's career is underrated because Tommy Searle was the last British rider to have a red plate in GPs. And before that, it was Steven Saw. And in the modern era of racing, those are the only two riders, to, British riders, to have a red plate. So that in itself is like, I think that for that reason alone, Steven Saw deserves more credit than what he gets. I think a lot of it comes down to, though, when he moved to MX1 in 2006, or was it seven? I think it was six. In 2006 with Factory Kawasaki, he obviously wrecked his knee, didn't he, in um, Tushintal. And, that kind of, and then after that, he went back down to MX2 with British teams like Molson Kawasaki and uh, Hitachi. Well, HM Plant at the time. So I think that kind of shunted people's memories a little bit because suddenly he was a very British rider. Whereas had he not wrecked his knee at Tushintal, he would have probably stayed on factory teams and then that would have helped people remember him as a factory rider who was that, that good. Because he was, like, he was really good. Same goes, I don't know if Billy McKenzie's underrated, though, because I think, he's, I think he gets more credit than Stephen Sword. I think more people, people are more likely to talk about Billy McKenzie than they are Stephen Sword. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So this is obviously Leah Ask Vice Anything. Uh, we're going to take uh, a break. Leah has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot to their range, the all-new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Liat 5.5 Flex Lock boot with advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. We'll be back for part three. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. 
The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 62 of the MX Vice Show podcast. In part two, we were talking about Leah Ask Vice Anything. We had some great questions this week. Uh, we still got the game coming up and we still got a uh, part three section, which is uh, brought to you by Talon. But let's finish off the Leah Ask Vice Anything questions. We had quite a few this week, so uh, we're a little bit slow getting for him just because Lewis has been arguing with me quite a lot. Chris Matthews. There was talk a few years ago of Fell doing a Supercross in different countries. If it ever happens, what stadium do you think would be best to host in the UK? I'd say the Principality in Cardiff would be great. 80k capacity, roof, and they could use the Cap Stadium next door for the rigs. Ooh, it sounds like Chris has done some research. Well, I guess there wouldn't be rigs. It would be like a flyaway GP, wouldn't it, if it would arrive in crates? Yeah. Weird to think. I really hope it doesn't happen. No, no. Scrap that. I really hope it doesn't happen in the UK or Europe. Well, that kind of that kind of, that kind of rules most of it out then. We can have an Australian round. It was quite close to going to Saudi Arabia, I think. Saudi Arabia? Um, not too, before COVID and everything. But I don't know. Like, if this weekend, round 10 of AMA Supercross was in Cardiff, I can't imagine that I would be sat here that excited because it's like, I'd much rather watch Arlington on TV than go to Cardiff. Okay, so what, what about... Uh, I, know, I, kind, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, it's just not special, like Cardiff. Like, oh, I'm gonna watch, I'd rather watch Roxanne and Webb at 2am in this bright, Americanized setting than go, drive into Cardiff. <laughs> but I, I think you, this is where your US bias comes out because every other person who's probably listening to this podcast is probably saying, Lewis, you're a dick. Because if Roxon, Muskin, and Tomac, and, and, and everybody else was in Cardiff doing Supercross, we'd all be fucking there, mate. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I, know, I, you're just, I can't see myself getting excited, but I probably would be. But I just imagine it feeling. Pants. I just imagine it feeling weird. I, I think if they do it, they should go to Germany because then the Roxon supporters will make will kind of carry that event and give it the atmosphere that it should have. Like, that would ensure a big crowd, that would ensure all of that good stuff. But we, we, know, we know Germany and France would work massively. I would, I would, if I was them and I was really looking at opportunities, I wouldn't come to the UK. For, I would go to the places where, the, like, I would go to France because of Frandis and Musquins. So you can kind of guarantee that would work. Germany for Roxen. Um, You're trying to say that Max hasn't got a lot of fans in the UK? No, I guess Max and Wilson now. I guess that's a case for the UK. Exactly. I'm just at Cardiff. Look. I mean, it would be something special to get Max back into shelf at Sheffield Stadium. Look. I, you've just got a little bit of US bias on, on, on this. And, and I get it. You want to be an American. So it would work in Cardiff. It Take would work in, in Cardiff. Yeah. It would work in Cardiff, around in Germany, and around in... Um, what was the... It was the... Was it a Frank? Was it Frankfurt's stadium we went to? Yeah, Frankfurt, I think. Yeah, that was cool for the SMX. That was that worked. That worked. I, I think um, that with a big crowd would be awesome. I would be. I think. I just think I'd be more excited to go to Saudi Arabia because similar to the Flyaways GPs, hey. it would be like it'd be like this is exotic and new and like what's this going to be like rather than going to. Cardiff. I'm not. I'm not ruling that out. I think yeah, it should be done there. Um, Cardiff. Canadian. Canadian Supercross. Cardiff. 
I hope that the mayor of Cardiff doesn't listen to this. Do you know what? I hope you get absolutely lynched by the Welsh when you go out next. Really Is that where Cardiff is? Oh my fucking God. I knew it. I thought it was sort of Liverpool way, to be honest. You thought Cardiff was in Liverpool? No, I thought it was that sort of direction. I didn't think it was in Liverpool. I just thought it was in... How how you have the audacity to take the piss out of me (laughs) on this podcast when you have no idea where Cardiff is? I went to Cardiff. That's going on a fucking t-shirt. I went to Cardiff to watch for Supercross in 2004. Were they all speaking Scouse? I can't remember, to be honest. All I remember is, I remember my seat, and I remember Michael Essie being there, and I remember there being a massive double or triple in the middle of the track, and that's about it. I genuinely, I genuinely can't believe that you thought Cardiff was close to Liverpool. I thought it was that direction. Like, if you told me right now to drive to Cardiff, my reply would be, yeah, that's okay. That's, all, that's kind of Liverpool direction, isn't it? Oh, my God. Didn't know it was in Wales. I maybe would have said near Wales. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't know. I have no words. Uh, I, I don't know where to go from this this point. Uh, I'm just going to move on to the next question. At Kurt MX67. I hope you're uh, in good shape, Kurt. I hope uh, health-wise it's, it's improving. I, I know Kurt. He's a good guy. Okay. Uh, any reason you guys can think of as to why Max Anstey wasn't riding press day at Daytona? So inside man, tell us. Yeah, it's not, it's not a peculiar thing. Um, it was basically just oversubscribed. Like, it's Daytona, so a lot of the factory teams do it. But the way press days typically work in America is each team gets two opportunities to do press day. So Red Bull KTM will be down for two press days through the season. Monster Energy Kawasaki will be down for another two. So if you want to do more, I believe you can. Like the 2017 Supercross season when it was coming down between Tomac and uh, Dungey. If I remember right... Um, Alden Baker's guys turned up at a lot more press days. Okay. So I think it's, if you're, you're welcome to do it if you want, as long as it's not oversubscribed, similar to Daytona. But I think, I think Max said he's doing press day this week. Or did he not? I think he said that. I think he said he's doing press day this week. So, yeah. It's nothing, it's literally nothing peculiar. It's not even, it wasn't even worth you worrying your head, Kurt. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. At Henk Jan Lois, will Eli Tomac win another Supercross this year? It's a main event, yeah, sure. Absolutely. If he means another Supercross title, then maybe. I don't know. A week ago, I'd ruled him out completely, and now I'm starting to think that maybe this makes sense. Tomac catches fire, Roxon and Webb start dicking around. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to, but then I looked. I had a little look into the points uh, last night, and this is still the furthest away Tomac has been leaving Daytona, aside from 2018 when he was injured at the first two rounds. So he's still. This isn't. This is close. Like we're talking a difference of eight points or so, but this is still a bigger deficit than. Um, than previous years at this point. So it's not like this is a complete replica. And let's not forget, those other years, uh, 2019, 2017. What, what are we not forgetting? <laughs> are you going to talk about Roxon? No, let's not. For- oh, let's not forget 2017, 2019, and those other years where he left Daytona facing a similar gap to this. He got close, but didn't do it. So history would tell us that maybe he'll get close, but won't do it. But I may be thinking that maybe he will. 
yeah. I, I've backed Webb since before round one, and I still think Webb will do it. Though. But yeah. Tomac will win another Supercross, but it will be telling. Basically, tex- basically, after this Texas triple header, we've got five rounds to go: three in Atlanta and three, uh, two in Salt Lake. So it's it's now or never. Basically, if Tomac leaves Texas with the same deficit that he's got now, which is twenty four points, that's a fail. Twenty four points in five rounds is ridiculous. He has to. Texas is the biggest week for Tomac's championship because otherwise he's out of time. So it's basically you want hype for Texas. It's now or never for Tomac. He's on the right track now, but that isn't enough. It's now or never. Well, this takes us nicely into our next question at Aaron Azza twenty two. Do you think Ken Roxon is crumbling under the pressure? No, you don't. No, I I don't think the. But there was zero wrong with that with with start, wasn't there? Zero wrong, but if I was him, I would be fuming as well. But that's just racing, hey? Zero in the second turn. It's not, that's not a normal thing. But also, Webb isn't out of line for doing that. But it's, a, it's not a... Well, we see it every week. Like you would, If you're Roxon, you gave him enough room on the inside. You would be like, well, what, the, what was the need? I understand that. However, I don't think Roxon's interview on TV after the main was a good look. No. He was clearly seething. Even before he said something, you could just tell by his body language that he was literally boiling over. Um, I don't think he's... Cr- I d- he's not crumbling under the pressure because he caught Webb again. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. Crumbling under the pressure is Tomac a couple of years ago. If that had happened to him, he would have finished 13. So in a way, it was almost more of a statement from Roxham because he caught Webb. It would have been especially if he'd passed him. I'll tell you what, actually, I was watching Max Anstey's vlog and there's a video from the start from like ground level. Yeah. And it makes you realize just how far back Roxham was after that. It like it did cost him more time than I thought watching TV. But I don't think he's crumbling under pressure. But similar to Tomac, I think he has to act now because we had the Roxham part of the series where uh, Indianapolis, it was all Roxham and Roxham's show. Now we've now it feels like we're in the web part of the series because Orlando was a web show and then yeah he was good enough and Daytona, so basically, Roxon needs to win in Texas, but alternatively a good enough substitute would be Tomac winning and Roxon finishing ahead of Webb in second. That would be enough, I think, to even write the track a little bit. Either way. Webb wins, and I think Webb take. I think it, this. Is, I actually, you know what? This not only Tomac. This Texas week is big for everything, because if Webb keeps going in the direction he's going, then I don't see how Roxon can retaliate with five to go. Okay, and if Roxon shuts the door on Tomac and Webb, then Roxon's then the, the ship has been righted a little bit, and Roxon's kind of back on track. And it's game on. It's game on. Okay, one one query I've got. Uh, because obviously we'd done it quite early on, and that was Blenzel uh, performance of the week. Uh, we, we give it out every week. And I think you've got it wrong. Do you want to know oh, why? I, yeah, I was kind of expecting you to tell me. Well, the reason why I think you got this wrong is that I think it's great that Olsen you know, performed well in, in Italy in a, in a nothing race. Um, however, Plesinger, how did he not get Blenzel performance of the week from you? Um, I mean, I wasn't bowled over shot. Oh, fuck off, Lewis. That was a great result. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, but... How was that not performance of the week? Oh, yeah. Aaron Plesinger, uh, Supercross, second until, what, last lap? 
I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like Plessinger's been decent all year. Not nowhere near oh, this. Oh come on, nowhere near this. But he's not. This is actually. I think as a whole, the year's been ish positive for him. Ish. Did you see where he come from last year? I'm not talking about Daytona. No, no, no. I'm just talking about this whole season last year. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't. It this was fucking just, terrible. Yeah, and this year has been. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. But this year has been a positive step up. A positive is fucking awesome. Like I, I, to go from where he was last year to where he is now, that that's. I don't know. You make it sound like he wasn't making main events last year. No, he he was making main events, but he it was just like it wasn't like he's. I don't know. You're making out. You you make it sound like last year was literally the worst thing in the world. It was, and I think okay, he, I think he's kind of said that it was it was pretty meh. Oh yeah, meh, but nothing, not like you're yeah. But to go from there to 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 where he is now, that's oh, yeah. But he, this was okay. Daytona was an anomaly. Yeah, that was good. But his results before now were always coming because even in his rookie year before he broke his heel, he started coming around with some fourths and fifths. Like so, it's always been there. It's just a case of it's he got now a fourth and up. a fifth last year. No, a uh, year before in his rookie year. Okay, last year. Um, he was in the top 10 a lot last year last year wasn't that no you're way off on making lo- I don't like think long. so I don't think yeah so. you are basically he was top 12 at every round I'll, I'll go back and rewatch last season but there was I'm nothing to looking at his season results right uh, uh, yeah I think just looking at results is I think actually look at his riding okay he was 5th at Daytona oh. I'm a big big Pleasanger oh, fan hence the so. reason why I, I watch him acutely I'm still struggling with these new points for Supercross when I look at the point standings and I try and figure out what results were at each race but I don't think I'm ever going to get used to it but I can't useful on uh, AMA's website I can get the positions up instead and tell you that last year yep last year was 2020 wasn't it Plessinger went 12 10 15 9 12 10 16 8 7 6 12 12 11 9 10 14 11 yeah not great that's his season as a whole so yeah yeah, so it's about average of 11, 12. Yeah, 10th, 11th. Not really. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, from that to second in the main event. So, well, second for majority of the main event. I like and Plessinger. looked super good. Plessinger's always given me a lot of time, even when he had no idea. I, I, I am a massive, massive fan. I know I've just said that, but I just needed to reiterate. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah, so anyway, that would be my call for, for Blenzel. But um, those are your Liat Ask Vice Anything questions. Huge thank you to uh, the support we get from Liat and for all the other companies. Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstroke, Supercross Live TV, Backyard Design UK, Blenzel Oils, TMX21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering. Now, speaking of Backyard Design UK and our agreement with Tommy Searle, where the hell is he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get it sorted. We're going to get it sorted. I think you better. <laughs> I think you better. So uh, a deal's a deal. A deal is a deal. He's, ki- he's game. He's yep. keen. So well, we'll get you to line it up. Probably. Well, just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Part three is brought to you by Talon Engineering. The industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar, 
Energy, who's far enough factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Trend and Fast Track Honda, and many more, but trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Also, we do have two slots left on Even Strokes. For this week, we are giving away a free set of Max's tires with every set of Talon wheels we sell. But only two of those are left. So um, if you're looking for a deal, that's a deal. It's a steal. Don't steal them. Just buy them. Uh, Lewis. Yes. Let's talk about Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week. I, okay. I am going to propose that... I mean, there has been some massive, massive bombshells this week all around the world, including awesome. motocross. But nothing bigger than Cardiff being near Liverpool. No. No, if you want to go down that road, I'd say the uh, Planet Motor bombshell of the week should be that... You. The Italian commentator translated an English interview into English. I don't know. But I think the people should vote. And I think we should do an online uh, social on Facebook, Instagram, with basically, what do you think is the bigger bombshell? Italian translator translate English to English? Or... <laughs> Even <laughs> or, or Lewis Phillips feels like Cardiff is not in Wales and it's close to Liverpool. Actually shocked that it was in Wales. I, I've got to be honest, there's a clear winner here. Well, a clear winner for what? Pop Planet Motor Bombshell a week that you're an idiot. <laughs> the bomb has gone off. Was, are you sure that's a bomb? That's a bombshell. Oh, okay. Bombshells, okay. The bombshell has gone off there. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you haven't noticed, um, and possibly you may have, uh, but Lewis has is, is got himself this little uh, sound effects thing. To give him even more power now. Yep. That's the Planet Motor bombshell of the week. I've got even more power. Yes. And you were worried about me overusing the sound effects. I only only did it twice since this. And also, I've not overused it. You would have, by now, we would have had, it basically would have been like listening to a DJ set if you had it. Yeah. Right. So this takes us on to uh, the last part of the show. The worst oh, part uh, of this show. Well, you could also say that rather than that, you could inform people that um, that was the Planet Motor bombshell of the week and escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, especially with um, the current world and weather. And you can still experience that right now. Uh, Planet Motor still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Motor Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Motor in Spain and you can get involved in many, um, many different ways. So get involved, hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. And also, actually, we should mention, if you want to get involved with Planet Moto or you want to buy a Fly Formula helmet or you have questions about the Liat 4.5 Flex flex Lock boots or you want some talent wheels or you have any questions about anything associated with any of the sponsors on this show, you can always email, well, you should probably email me, I guess. You can always email me or contact us on social media and we'll put you in touch with the right person or answer your questions or you, who knows? We may even be able to work out a little bit of an MX-5 deal for you. Oh, we love a deal. But yeah. Um, Absolutely. That? So if you're looking for a little bit of discount on anything, always give us a shout. Um, on that note, uh, 
I do feel like um, your sound effects affected me then. Why? Because you were doing so many bombs. Bombs. That, you know, I literally you had to take over the Planet Motor segment. That's fine. Should I now take over again? You better. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's great to see you. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That applause can only be... <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. This is a terrible idea. I need a <laughs> refund. That applause can only mean one thing. <laughs> it's, t- <laughs> it's time that even Strokes presents Are You Smarter Than Burr? I hope this 500 quid was worth it for this sound effect machine. Even Strokes is an online shop for riders across the world with a range of offers on talent wheels, props for performance parts, and so much more. If you visit evenstrokes.com for deals on products, you could buy talon wheels today and get a set of Maxxis tires for free. But you kind of have to move fast because as James just mentioned, I don't think um, availability is too strong on that deal right now because it's flying off the shelves. So this is Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Birth? And things are changing. To make it easier on our special friend, you're such a stick. <laughs> you have got absolutely nothing, Cardiff boy. To make it easier on our special friend, he now needs four points to win, and there are six points up for grabs. Questions one to four are worth one point, and then question five is worth two. So question five is big. He can turn this ship around with question five. It's worth double points. Ooh. Have you got a pen and a bit of paper to hand? No. Okay, you may need it for question five. <laughs> Great. Um, so you've got nothing? I've got nothing, though. Have you got your phone? Uh, you know, uh, mm, could you go and get a bit of pen and a bit of paper while I entertain people? Yes, do it. Okay, how long are you going to be? Because I don't have anything to say. <laughs> um, yes, hi, everyone. This is Even Strokes, Are You Smarter Than a Birth? And I've, I've made the changes this week because I think he's past one of like probably 52 games now. And it, to be honest, he gets quite wound up about it, like even after the show. Like it always ends on a bad note, you know, because he's a bit emotional. That's why I've pushed it to the end of his show as well, so it doesn't get in the way of his mood for motocross talk because he's quite a sensitive soul. Um, so that's why we've done this this week. And the double points at the end will add a bit of suspense as well because normally by the time we get to the last question, we all know he's failed. So He's talk still talking suspense. shit. How many sound effects did you do while I was out? None. I just was explaining to everyone the concept and the changes to the even strokes are you smarter than birth game. Yeah. Right. Question one. Okay. List the factory teams that Jeremy Van Horbeck has ridden for in his career. Haven't we done this before? No. Okay. Uh, factory Yamaha. Yep. Mm. Uh, Factory Kawasaki. Yep. Surprised you got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to need a bit more speed out of you. Okay. Oh, crap. Um, 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 Five, um, four, three. Factory KTM. Two. Yep. That's it. Okay. Unfortunately, you're incorrect. Um, KTM was right. Kawasaki was right. Yamaha was right. But you missed Beta. That's, that is like a trick question. Oh, he's literally ridden the bike on the weekend. It's not a surprise. That is, honestly, how the fuck, honestly. I took it for granted that that was going to be like in. 
you probably should have said that just as a like, just to be sure. Um, but don't worry, because remember, the last question's worth double points. So I, I think I back. earned a point then. No, um, the question, I've got it written down here, KTM Kawasaki Yamaha Beta, so that's what my notes Fuck. say. So Honestly. Right, come okay, on. you can have the point. Thanks, thanks. Hold on. The people have spoken, you can have the point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Yeah. Question two. Name the team that Tim Geiser rode for before Garibaldi Honda. Hint, it was 2013. Factory KTM. Incorrect. It was Marchetti KTM. Was it? Yeah. Was it? (laughs) It wasn't though, was it? They literally rode under there, but he had factory support. He was on a Marchetti KTM. But he had factory support for KTM. The team he was on was Marchetti KTM. Not really. He was just put there by factory KTM. That's that's all very incorrect. It's not! That's the truth! Okay, you're one all so far. One all. Four points to win. Again, I think I've got that right. He was a KTM factory rider for won two championships. That doesn't mean he was a KTM factory rider. He was a Marchetti KTM rider. He had a sticker on his bike. No, you've got it so wrong. Anyway. Two, you've got one point, you need four to win, and there are four up for grabs. Fuck this game, fuck you. Question three. What year did Kevin Strybos grab his first overall win in the MX1 class? Oh. I'm going to say 2004. Oh, it was five. Oh, you bastard. His first moto win was 2004. I, see, I think just points for effort. No, not really. Um, that's one point. There's three up for grabs. You basically need to win out to um, to win the game. And luckily, this question's quite easy. Max Anstey is the only rider to win an MX2 overall on three different manufacturers. Name those manufacturers. Uh, Kawasaki, Yamaha, and... Kawasaki, Yamaha, and... Oh, God, come on. Come on. Like, oh my god. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and Bink. Husk- Kawasaki Yamaha. What were you about to say then? Husqvarna. Yes, fuck me. We got there. Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. It's all down to the last question. And I need pen and paper for this. Yep. Right. Because um, I don't want you to say your workings out until I call on you. Right. Yeah. So, question five. You need to win this to win the game this week. It's worth double points. Here we go. Question five. Twelve French riders have won an overall in the MX2 Why class. are you laughing as you say this? <laughs> because I, could, when I, say tw- when I was thinking that when I said 12 French riders, I can just imagine you shitting yourself. Exactly. I don't, I don't even know if I know 12 <laughs> French let people. Finish, let, me, <laughs> let me finish the question. 12 French riders have won an overall in the MX2 class. List eight of them in the time limit for two points. Your time starts now. Okay, I'm going to go Tixie. You don't, you don't have to tell me until the time's run out. Okay. 
uh, there's 12 French MX2 winners. We just need him to answer eight within this 30-second time limit. I can assure you that he's got his pen and paper out right now, working very hard. I imagine there's a lot of scratching of the head going on. Music's getting more intense. Here we go. That time is now up. Your time is up, James. What have you got for us? I've got five. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I could probably just spat out a load of French people, couldn't I? I've got Tixier, Seb Porcel, Christophe Porcel, uh, Xavier Boog, Muskin. Uh... Stop! Stop! What? Stop! <laughs> so many points are Six yay. What about Valentin Tillet? Did he ever win a GP? You. Uh, what other French people doing? Orban? Nicolas Seb- Orban? Okay, you're, you're over. You've lost. It's uh, over. Hang on. Frossard. Uh, Frossard. If you if you wait, I'll tell you. Um, Seb Porcel was wrong, and so was Xavier Boog. Oh, well, I was just fucking grasping at straws, to be honest. Go on, then. Did you enjoy the, ta- the music? Yeah, it was Countdown. Did it help you? No. Okay. Just rushed me. The 12... <laughs> the 12... I was going to do that for every question, and I thought it might get a bit annoying. <laughs> um, which is why we now have the bonus question, so I can use that. It's a bigger deal, you know? Do you want to know something funny? What? Uh, someone ordered uh, on Even Strokes, and her name is David Donnarumma, which sounds like actually he's done a runner. Ah. So I'm not actually sure if he's paid or not. Because he might have done okay. a runner. Uh, the 12 riders were Marvin Musquin. Yep, got it. Some guy called Tom Vial. <sighs> yeah, yeah, forgot about that one. Christoph Porcel. Yep, best rider in the world. Some rider called Gautier Paulan. Oh yeah, he was all right, yep. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Ferrandis, Jordi Tixier. Oh, Ferrandis. Mikel Mascio. Uh, Nicholas Oldman. Who was that other one? Mikel Mascio. Who? Well, this is why I said you only had to list eight of the 12. You didn't have to get him. Uh, Nicholas Orban, Stephen Frossard, Roman Fevre, Benoit Patrell, and Maxime Renault. So basically, if you I just forgot li- all the basically current riders. Yeah, basically, if you just listed the current riders in who are French, you would have got it. So unfortunately, that means um, you've ended it's... this game with um, three points out of six. You needed four to win, which unfortunately means that on this occasion, James, you have failed and I'm sorry to say that I have to now do uh, the great thing about this is no one would have got this far to listen to this shit game on this shit show anyway well, so there we go I'd like to thank everyone to, um... no one's listening mate they're not even listening to part oh, no, no, three hold on. it's well oh, known no. that people just listen to part one and turn off I can see that a lot of people are now oh yeah they're ridiculing you I'm trying to make them stop <laughs> oh come on guys you didn't do that bad. Oh, no, no. That's a shame for you, isn't it? 500 quid. <laughs> 500 quid, and that is the best you can come up with. No, I'll have more for next week. I just figured out how to add sounds on there last night, so I've got more to come. Okay. Right. It'll probably be an evolution. I'd imagine that even Strokes game next week will have new, all new sounds. Right, can we go now? Uh, well, we've done everything. Is there anything you want to talk about? Nope. No, I think I need to go to the toilet and you possibly need to go and look at an atlas. I don't think I'll find Cardiff on an atlas. <laughs> I think you fucking would. Jesus it's Christ. It's the world, isn't it? An atlas is the world. You, you, oh, I just, I, I just, I can't. I think, you're, I think you want me to find a map of the UK, ideally, rather than an atlas. Well, anything would be, a, would be helpful. Um, 
So what, what are we looking forward to this weekend, Lewis, Motocross-wise? Uh, uh, we, we, are, we are 90% looking forward to Supercross, 10% the Italian Championship. Okay. And uh, that's probably a bit. 95% Supercross, 5% Italian Championship. Not 98-2? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I'm, I'm not so, I don't know. If Prado's back, Prado v. Fevra will be okay. And if Caroli is actually going to race, which I doubt he will, that will really um, be a bit of a kick up the arse on the excitement level. Okay, right. Well, that's it. That's uh, us done. Huge thank you to all the sponsors. Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstroke, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blends or Oils, TMX21 Competitions, and Talon Engineering. That's episode 62 done and dusted. We will be back next week for more. Say bye, Liz. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.